Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss.
The group stared in petrified awe at the scene unfolding before them. It was as if the chilling realms of Dante's Inferno had leaped off the pages and manifested right in their path. The steam, like a living creature, slithered up from the pits, mingling with the ominous thunderheads above. The group could discern the tumult of elements, the torrential rain hissing as it clashed with the superheated rocky landscape. Amidst everything, they could only catch intermittent glimpses of life, twisted, writhing figures moving fluidly through the luminescent vapors. Wesley's mind filled with eerie, unseen horrors, oscillating and unfathomable beings dwelling in the fiery chasms, much like the ancient progeny of Satan. If only your imagination could capture half of what's out there, little Wesley, your simple ape mind would simply explode. (laughs) As always, you're as assuring as ever. Let me ask you something. Are you even capable of any kind of positive emotion, like love? Or is a creature like you just a one-dimensional killing machine? (laughs) Because I do not suffer the cerebral shortcomings of your kind does not limit my dimensionality, little Wesley. I imagine there is a plethora of things I feel that you couldn't begin to understand. But to answer your question, I love only the screams of my enemies. The worry in their eyes as they realize the horrible fate I'm about to bestow upon them. I relish the groan of their bones as I crush them within my grip. That is joy, Wesley. That is my calling. My purpose. I am walking death, and I am happy to be so. And yet you run from something. Something that, well, presumably wanted you to perform those very things on its behalf. Yes? One's enjoyment of certain tasks does not mean they enjoy doing them in service to another. I am no puppet, nor am I a weapon for another to wield. I am destruction because I decide I am, not because it was in accordance to another's plans. The others did not share my... Hesperia stopped, realizing he may have divulged more information than he intended. There are more of you? (laughs) Here you got me thinking you're one of a kind. What in God's name are you? Asperius quickly recovered. I assure you, I am nothing God would ever dare utter for fear that I might tear his tongue from his mouth. (laughs) (sighs) Whatever. Anything you could tell me about this uh, new hell we've come across? Only that if these things should try to kill us, I shall make them wish they'd never been spawned. Well, I suppose that's somewhat assuring. As if in sync, the group looked around, searching for an alternative path or trail that circumnavigated the hellish lands bubbling and seething below them. Salvador turned to the rest of the group, somewhat agitated. Uh, I thought our great jellyfish benefactors were going to give us some uh, pointers on how to get around all this shit. Let's hope this wasn't all for naught. I don't know what's down there specifically, but I'm fairly sure we're not equipped to deal with it. The children of Amara, as I've said before, reside within the pits of Dair, and, as promised, we're here to guide you as your jellyfish benefactors. The group whirled around to find a massive, 12-foot translucent entity looming over them. As before, its form was vaguely humanoid, exhibiting all the familiar traits of the species. Yet, 
An eerie quality pervaded its appearance, as if it had donned human skin like a well-fitted costume for Halloween. Christ! What, what the fuck did he... Uh, it... Whatever come from? The thing simply stared at the group, ignoring Sal's surprise. Wait, wait a minute. How did you understand what they said? I thought you only understood, um... Arithmetic. We speak many languages, Dr. Morgan. We simply chose to address you specifically. I'm sure of the others. Allegiances. Well, you know, if you don't mind, I think it'd be easier to address us all. Uh, we're putting our lives on the line, after all. Very well, Dr. Morgan. If it will make you more comfortable. The Umbarian turned towards the rest of the group. Eyes ice. As we said before, the creatures that reside within the pits are the spawn of Amara, the daughter of the Prince of Snakes. The group's jaws dropped in surprise as the thing spoke in their native tongue. Oh, wait a second, you you could speak English this whole fucking time? Wait, did, did you hear the jellyfish comment? We did. Uh, sorry about that. But you do kind of look like a jellyfish. Being that we don't have the best track record of avoiding trouble, perhaps you'd be kind enough to fill us in on these children of Amara. The Umbarian paused for a moment, seemingly pondering Moffat's question. Perhaps you are right, Mr. Moffat. Caution is the better part of valor, after all. The strange creature looked over the edge of the cliff, perusing the turmoil below. I surmise it's pertinent to begin with an account of Amara and her nature, or at least what she's purported to be. The Prince of Snakes, legendary for fathering numerous offspring, is said to have favored Amara above all. She reportedly held a malignity that echoed his own. Tales and theories abound regarding her origins, but what we've managed to piece together suggest a clandestine second attempt by the Erethim to spawn another abomination, a being of power parallel to the Prince of Snakes. While the specifics of their process remain shrouded, we believe it involved one of their defileries, positioned atop a site of especially horrific historical significance. We suspect the site to be the Ash Barrens, a place where millions were bumped to death as a sacrifice to heretofore unknown deities. It was there where they thought to harness serpent energies to cultivate their new savior, Astreth. Upon her emergence, it was as she bore a raging essence unparalleled, a ghastly blaze resounding with the cries of the immolated. Her mission was to annihilate the Prince of Snakes for his betrayal, and thus she embarked with a modest yet formidable force to seek the Prince and further the Erethim's original scheme. The specifics of their encounter remain nebulous, but scarce Erethimic accounts suggest that upon their confrontation, the Prince was so beguiled that he proposed she join him. Recognizing a chance to infiltrate the Prince's confidence, and concurrently rule the Erethim, she assented to the Prince's terms, annihilating her followers and covertly aligned with the Prince in his war against the Erethim. Throughout these battles, Lady Astra, as she was then known, operated from the shadows, betraying the Erethim's strategies to the Serpent. As per legend, on the eve of the Serpent's triumph at the Airy of last night, it was whispered they joined in union that hastened the fall of night and unleashed a plague of snakes upon the land. The coupling allegedly led to thousands of infants born that night being hideously deformed, with one flaming red eye and the other featuring a serpentine slit pupil. 
Whether the tales of their union hold true or not, a child was indeed born shortly after. Amora. Myths abound about her visage, but few have truly witnessed her. Legend has it that she cloaks herself in smoke and his eyes ablaze like embers, her skin being reptilian in texture and charred black as soot. It is said that with every step she leaves a wake of ash and embers. However, this is mere hearsay. Her genuine appearance remains a mystery to all. So wait a second. We're dealing with the Princess Snake, his children, and now this Lady Astroth? I can assure you with certainty that isn't the situation. Upon securing her victory over the Erethem, Lady Astroth had intentions of assassinating the Prince of Snakes, thereby taking control over the territories the Prince had conquered. If we are to give credence to the legend, she came perilously close, but was ultimately betrayed by her own flesh and blood. The Prince, having suspicions about Astroth's duplicity, had cultivated Amira's secret animosity towards her mother. Eradicating her maternal predecessor became her ultimate demonstration of allegiance to her father. As the story goes, she later devoured her mother's heart, absorbing the power Astroth once possessed. Jesus, that's one cold bitch. As for Amara's children, it is unknown how she produces them. Some speculate she gives live birth to them. Others believe she lays thousands of eggs. Regardless, they are often referred to as the Scorched Children swimming through the burning blood that accompanied their entrance into the world. Wait a second, are you, are you saying that red stuff in the pits is... Yes, it is remnants of their birth, supposedly. No one really knows, I'm afraid. Much like many of the life forms on this continent, they are all shrouded in myth and hearsay, I'm afraid. Ugh! Christ! This place keeps getting fucking grosser and grosser. Wesley looked consternated. You spoke of a way around these things, sir. That they wouldn't be a problem. Is that still the case? Yes, of course. It is a longer route, but one far safer than the one that stands before you. The strange creature pointed high into a mountainous region in the distance. You must go around the pitch and traverse the Traven Mountains. Surely there are dangers there as well, but not so volatile as the scorched children of Amara. From there you will continue west of Boromir's Rock, which borders the Belfine city, Destro. Uh, great. More walking. Would you prefer the alternative? Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Walking's better than facing off with whatever those fucking things are. The gelatinous creature dressed as a human pointed to the group's right, toward a narrow scar of rock and dirt. You'll wish to follow that path. It will eventually fork. A path that leads down into the pits, and one that ascends a series of hills until you reach the stairs into the mountains. Stairs? As I've said, the mountains are not without their perils. To some, the mountains are sacred things. You'll find a plethora of structures there. But as I've said, nothing is untoward as the pits are dire. I have full confidence in you. Well, that's assuring. The Umbarian ignored Salvatore, indifferent to his jibes. We will be nearby if there are any problems. I'll hold you to that. The mysterious entity showed a hint of a smile. Indeed. Without further exchange, the creature nodded their way and then disappeared quickly into the ground, that bizarre umbilicus that seemed to connect them all trailing behind it. Salvatore looked at the rest of the group. Well, I don't know about the rest of you, but uh, <laughs> I feel assured. 
A collective grimace overcame the party, each experiencing their own doubts about their alien benefactor. Wesley walked to the edge of the cliff and looked down again, a vision of hell if there ever was one. Well, I guess there's no time like the present. Let's get out of here before one of those things finds us. Riva embarked on the path indicated by the Umbarian entity, and the rest trailed behind. Wesley noticed Moffat's hesitation, his gaze riveted over the precipice, fixated on the pits of Dair. It was such moments that stirred Wesley's paranoia. Cyrus's thoughts were a mystery. Was he merely astounded by the hellish vista, or was his mind busy concocting a scheme known only to him? Wesley decided to approach him. What is it? Cyrus met his inquiry with an unusual glare, one that bore a trace of melancholy. However, Moffat swiftly banished it, adopting his customary irritating smirk. There was a profoundness within Cyrus that he strenuously concealed. It was as if he favored the persona of the narcissistic seer. The know-it-all everyone found irksome. It was a well-maintained facade, one that Wesley often struggled to see beyond. I'm simply marveling at the mystery of it all. Despite our friend's little tale, who knows what these things truly are? You never uh, struck me as an admirer of mystery, being able to see into the past, present, and future and all. On the contrary, I'm quite a big fan of mysteries. But, regrettably, sometimes one must spoil them to survive. Or put things right. There was a flash of lament in the man's eyes, a quicksilver of humanity. Then it was gone. Well... We shouldn't keep the group waiting, Dr. Morgan. We've a ways to go. Wesley nodded and rejoined the rest of the group, all of whom were scattered along the path, yearning to put as much distance as possible between themselves and the monstrous spectacle below. They trapped for a couple of hours, occasionally punctuated by geysers of steam shooting above the cliffs, the drafts of which caused a mild burning sensation on their skin. Wesley was convinced he saw figures within those vapors, appalling creatures formed of shadow and fleeting embers. At one point, he believed one had spotted him, a host of blazing cinders embedded within a twisted and malformed void, all focused on him. However, he didn't see it again. Whenever it appeared that one of the dark shapes was drawing near, the group sought refuge, Riva removing his mask, with repugnant fluids seeping from the corners of his mouth akin to a cellophating Kavono dragon. When the path was deemed safe, the group resumed their journey. Carefully navigating the trail of stone and earth they had been instructed to follow. Eventually, the rocky landscape began to transition to a more mountainous terrain, with obsidian-like stones rising like monoliths from a sea of rubble. There it is, the staircase. It's carved right into the stone. Standing in stark contrast to its surroundings, the staircase was grandiose and colossal. It was adorned with some crimson material or ore, weaving enigmatic sigils across the rock. The steps seemed designed for titans, gigantic beings that once roamed the earth but succumbed to the merciless passage of time and cataclysms. However, Wesley wasn't entirely convinced that was the case in this land, whether it be called Grimlin or Gion. The weary troop quickened their pace, yearning to finally put some significant distance between themselves and the infamous pits of Dair, along with their resident horrors. 
However, as they began their ascent, a ghastly howl contested the thunder's clamor from above. The roar was followed by a massive crash of rock and power, accentuated by the sound of sizzling flesh. Wesley and the others swiftly sought shelter, some hiding behind boulders while others crouched on the staircase. The grating sound of claws sinking into bedrock rang in their ears, climaxing with a large black hand emerging over the edge of the path they'd been following. The creature appeared scorched, and the hot breeze that wafted through the air caused it to shed ashen particles into the wind. Its claws punctured the rock with ease, creating five molten divots into the stone path. Another growl clawed its way up the side of the cliff until, at last, the beast hoisted the rest of its mass over the edge. In all aspects, the creature appeared to be female, as bright red fiery strands of hair cascaded over a pair of pendulous, charred breasts. Its eyes were tiny serpentine suns, their glowing red slits casting a crimson luminescence upon the creature's cheekbones. Beneath the soot covering its skin seemed to be scales of some sort, reminiscent of a lizard or rattlesnake. They were sharp and, when she stood to her full height, approximately seven or eight feet tall, they splayed out like diamond-shaped blades. The beast's mouth opened to release a torrent of forked tongues, skimming across the dirt path, nearby rocks and sparse vegetation. They were like damp, forked serpents exploring their surroundings, flicking here and there, attempting to capture a taste of their prey. Her mouth also produced a waterfall of molten blood, saliva that instantaneously turned the stone beneath her into bubbling magma. The creature ended in a long, thick, and undulating tail that twisted and writhed as she methodically advanced. Oddly, she was accompanied by faint wails, as though her very presence emanated the cries of tortured beings. Then, they discovered why. The creature's tongues abruptly withdrew into her mouth, which then unhinged unnaturally wide, akin to a feeding boa constrictor. A large bulge began its journey up her neck until, finally, the face of a woman, alight with fire, slithered out of her mouth like a burning serpent. The woman's face was frozen in a rictus of pain and torment, and was attached to a broad tendril of burning muscle sliding between the rocks, spewing horrific flame from her gaping mouth. Then she screamed. Visions of people being burned at the stake as far as the eye could see infiltrated the group's minds, their collective searing pain piercing their nervous systems like an electrical jolt. Wesley gritted his teeth, feeling Hesperius join in the efforts to suppress his agony. Riva grabbed Vorin and clamped his hand over his mouth, stifling his cries. Yet, it was Salvatore who succumbed, tumbling down the steps, convulsing as if his body was ablaze, screaming. The glowing embers that served as the creature's eyes locked onto him, a deadly determination simmering behind them. Then, the creature spoke, with both of its mouths. Trespasser. Grimland is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Stephen Anslone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, 
Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about Grimland and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about Grimland and the world of Maltopia, visit us at maltopia.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 